May 2nd, 2021. Unstoppable. A family transformed. You know, a number of years ago, we had a worship pastor named Arminio Suzano. Some of you know Arminio either from here or actually he's on staff at Houghton College right now. And Arminio used to have this, this idea, this notion about worship because um, as, as was the case with just about every worship leader that's ever lived on the face of this planet, people like what you do and some don't like what you do. That's just the nature of, of worship. And Arminio had this line um, that, that just always struck me and it strikes me every time we sing this song. He'd say, if you remember the object of your worship, the one you're worshiping, the God above all, the King of King, the Lord of Lords, if your gaze is set on him when you worship, you could be in the middle of a field by yourself and you'd fall on your face because you couldn't stand being in his presence. If we truly understand whom we're worshiping, the one who loves you more than you'll ever know, the one who sent his son to this world so you could have life, the one who created everything we see. If you know and remember that that's the one you're worshiping, I just want to fall on my face because we're not worthy. I love worshiping, singing about the way maker, the miracle worker, the light in the darkness. My goodness, isn't that good for our souls? In this world where nothing makes sense, isn't it good to pause for just a moment and give God the credit he's due, right? Isn't it a great, I look forward to that each and every time we come together. We're in the final week of our series, Unstoppable, where we're talking about the unstoppable nature of God how his church was birthed at Pentecost, which we spoke about on week one. And from that day forward, nothing has stopped it. Although many have tried, although many have tried to kill and persecute and do away with Christians, the church still grows. And in fact, countries where the church is persecuted the most, the church thrives. Why is that? Because the one we worship is greater than anything we see in this world and his church will not fail. So we talked about Pentecost on week one and how the Holy Spirit came and, and really with tongues of fire floating down from the sky rested on each of the disciples and they began to speak in other languages and others heard them and thousands were united, uh, brought, to the, brought to the Lord that day. And as they were, unity was a hallmark of what happened and they were empowered. They were given the, the ability, the strength, the desire to do things they normally wouldn't do on their own. And Peter being the poster child. Peter who once denied Jesus three times was now speaking boldly, proclaiming Jesus. Two weeks, uh, the second week of the series, we talked about the rapid explosive growth of the church and how the apostles could no longer tend to all the needs because there were so many needs and how the widows came forward and they needed someone to provide and take care of their needs. So the apostles chose seven who, who ministered to and did things that the apostles then wouldn't have to do. We talked about the needs that exist around here for people to step up and to minister to our kids, to our students, to greet people, to welcome those who come through our doors, to be present in this place. Last week, like Cable alluded to already, Steve spoke about worship. But not just worship, worship in the face of persecution and trouble. When you might find that the last thing you want to do is pray and sing praises to the Lord, that's exactly when you begin or continue, as the case may be. When you don't want to, 
when the situation seems to be stacked against you, and when nothing around you makes sense, that's church when we worship. I think our world today is full of things that just don't make sense. And as Christ's followers, we're called to pray, to sing, to be united. Last week, Steve began the story of the jailer, and and we'll get to that in a moment. And today, we're going to continue in a sense where he left off. But to recap the story from last time, Paul and Silas went to a new area. They were teaching and preaching. They were going around telling people about Jesus. And there was this girl who was possessed by an evil spirit who was walking around declaring that these guys were servants of the Most High. And for days and days and days, she went around just spewing this truth, but just loud. And everywhere they went, they couldn't get away from her. And then Paul, I wish I could see this. Paul had enough. He snapped. And he said, all right, that's enough. I can't take this anymore. Evil spirit, out. Leave her alone. And instantly, the spirit left this girl. And she lost her ability to to tell and to see and to do things that no one else could do. Her owners got angry. They stirred up a mob, if you remember. Paul and Silas were arrested on false charges. They were beat and flogged and thrown into the inner part of the prison. And as they were there, Acts 16.25 tells us, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and other prisoners were listening to them. I don't think they probably cleaned up Paul and Silas's wounds from being flogged. And it says in the scripture they were severely flogged. So they just had sores and they were bleeding and they're still in the middle, chained up, their feet in stocks, singing and praising God. When life was stacked against them, they praised God. Steve encouraged us last week to sing in the dark to sing to the author and perfecter of our faith, to sing to the one who created everything. I've spoke to a number of folks this week who have done just that in the middle of their lives and the situations they face. They've taken those words seriously and they felt the overwhelming power and presence of God as they have done so. As Paul and Silas were singing and praising, suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the doors flew open and everyone's chains came off. What a beautiful picture. And we get to pick up the story today from exactly that point. Let me pray before we do. Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have today to learn from your word. I pray that as we dig into the scriptures and Acts and Romans and we we see the things you have for us today, that you would, God, You would knock on each of our hearts that all of us would walk out knowing something and understanding you in a different way, a better way, a clearer way that we may not have when we walked in the room today. For those watching online as they're listening and participating wherever you have them right now, that they too would have an encounter with you that would change their hearts. We thank you and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bible or your Bible app, or if you just want to pay attention to what's on the screens, you can turn to Acts chapter 16, because we're going to pick up in verse 29. After they were singing and praying, and after the chains fell off, this is what happened. The jailer came and called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, Sirs, 
What must I do to be saved? He had just witnessed the impossible and he falls at Paul and Silas's feet and says, I, I can't even understand what just happened. What must I do to be saved? He had a deep hunger and thirst for God. It reminds me back to many years ago in my life. I'm going to take you on memory lane. Some of you knew me back then, and I'm glad to, that there's no pictures. But back when I was between my sophomore and junior years of high school, I went to a camp up in the Adirondacks, a Young Life camp, where I had a similar experience. You see, at these camps, they share the whole message of the gospel, and they give students the opportunity to respond as a result of what they heard. Well, I'll never forget this night. It was the sin night, where the speaker on that given night shared the reality of our situation and how sin had dragged us away from God, how the sin that was present in our hearts put a barrier between us and God that we could do nothing about. It was like a wall that was so thick and wide and deep that there was no way for us to get to God. And I remember being a high school student, scared to death because there was nothing I could do on my own. I couldn't muster enough strength, enough anything to get through that wall, to get to God. And one of the scriptures they read this night, that night was in Romans. I'll never forget it. Romans 3. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together, together become worthless. There is no one good. There is no one who does good. Not even one. My heart was crushed. What do I do with this? I remember going to one of my leaders, Greg, the next day. We were sitting down by the lake on a log. And I said, Greg, that message last night messed me up. What do you mean there's nothing I can do to get to God? He said, yep, there's nothing you can do. But I really want to. He said, sorry. You can't do anything. I said, tell me the answer. There has to be more to the story. He said, no, I'm not telling you right now. I want you to sit in this tension and feel the weight and the gravity and the magnitude of what sin does to people in our world. So he let me sit there. It was a long, long day. I, I knew there had to be more. We wouldn't even be here, but I didn't know how to achieve it or what to do to get there. Many of you have felt that tension in your lives. You understand that there's this barrier between you and God. You really don't relate to him. You can't feel him. You've never experienced him, but you don't know what to do to get through it. You may have tried. You may have tried many different things and nothing has helped. You haven't figured out how to bring meaning and purpose to your life. And as we'll see from Paul and Silas, only Jesus, only Jesus can bring us to God. Only Jesus can destroy that huge barrier that exists and put us in the presence of the Almighty. I had a deep hunger in my heart. This jailer has a deep hunger in his heart. Let's see what we get now from Acts. Acts 16.31. They replied, Paul and Silas replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and the others in his house. I waited all day for the answer 
just like the jailer received. I waited. I couldn't wait to get to that, that, that opportunity that evening to hear from this guy and hopefully hear the words of life that my heart longed for. And as I sat on the floor and he started to share, he shared about Jesus and how Jesus came to the world, how he took the burden of our sin and shame, how he took it from us and ultimately provided a way for us to have life through his work on the cross, his death and his resurrection. He shared that all we had to do was admit that Jesus was Lord and Savior and to call on him as such. I remember sitting there in that room, blown away. Because all of a sudden, this barrier that existed was disintegrating right in front of my face. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person might some possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while you and I were still sinners, while we were far from God, Christ died for us. My 15-year-old heart leapt with joy in my chest. All of a sudden, everything from the day before that didn't make sense made sense. Romans 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in him and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe you are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. With tears in my eyes, I said, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. The searching, the wanting I had gone through, all of a sudden it all made sense. Jesus was Lord. The same thing happened to Paul and Silas and the jailer in the story. The same truth that they shared is what I understood that evening. The jailer had a pretty unremarkable day up until this point. I imagine he woke up about his normal time. Most jailers I see raise, get up about eight or nine o'clock. It's just what they do. I really don't know. He got up, probably made pancakes with his family, maybe grabbed a cup of coffee, sort of did yard work around his house for the day, got ready for work like any good jailer would, got there with his keys and everything, showed up at the prison, probably grabbed a cup of coffee there too, sort of caught up in all the day's events heard that there, was this, there were these two guys, Paul and Silas, who had been beaten badly and were chained in the middle of the prison. He said, oh, that's interesting. Like any good jailer would do, he went around and checked everybody's chains, made sure the doors were locked. It was a pretty unremarkable day. You know, he was doing normal jailer stuff. But then things got weird. Something happened that he didn't expect. All of a sudden, his world got flipped upside down. These unusual prisoners started singing and praying in the middle of the night. He probably had never seen that before. Usually people probably groan and moan and scream out wanting water or food or other things. But these guys were praying and singing. And then this earthquake came out of nowhere. The doors flew open and everybody's chains fell off, but nobody went anywhere. Pretty bizarre. Imagine that jailer in the middle of what is a typical, normal, everyday sort of day. The extraordinary happened right in the middle of it. Trembling, he fell at Paul and Silas's feet 
who are still bleeding and bruised, they're probably a little scabbed up by now. Still a mess. He fell at their feet and they told him about Jesus. Imagine the sight. In a dark, dank prison, he sh- they shared Jesus. The jailer's routine was shattered. His normal, everyday life, all of a sudden he found Jesus in the middle of what nobody would ever expect. Maybe that's your story. Maybe you're here or online watching or sitting here and and you're on to a normal day. You're already thinking, all right, after this, we'll head there for lunch. I'll get this, this, and this. If we hurry up, we can beat the lunch. So as the last song is playing, we're out of here because I want to beat the lunch rush because I don't like waiting in line on Sundays. There's other things to do. Or maybe you're thinking if the weather's nice, you're going to go home and cut the lawn or do other things like that. I don't know, maybe you're thinking about what's for dinner already or the things that are going to happen. Maybe kids, I don't know, school tomorrow and all that. Maybe those are the ideas that are flooding your head and it's a very normal day. But then like the jailer, maybe today is the day that the extraordinary is going to happen in your life. And as you hear about Jesus, your heart will be stirred. Something you didn't expect will happen. Maybe today is the day that you would declare that Jesus is Lord. Maybe today's the day in the middle of all the turmoil in our world and trying to make sense of everything. And it's really hard to do that. Maybe today's the day you put all of that off to the side and you say, you know what? Jesus is Lord He's the way maker, the miracle worker, the light in the darkness. And today would be that day, like the jailer, you have this experience that changes everything. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. After he cried out that Jesus is Lord, After he saw who Jesus was through these two men, he took them into his home, cleaned up all of their mess, and then they were baptized. They were baptized. In baptism, they were saying, we identify with Jesus and we're going to serve him with all of who we are, all of our lives. They were saying, we identify with Jesus. And in the water of baptism, they were buried with Jesus and then rose to new life. You see what they're saying? They say, they're saying, I died with Jesus, I was buried with him, and now I am raised to be a brand new creation, a brand new person. I am a follower of Christ. That's what happened to the jailer and his family. This ordinary day has turned extraordinary in the most beautiful way. They're forever changed. And maybe for you, that's the next step you need to take. To say, you know what? I need to be baptized and tell the world I'm a follower of Jesus. That I love him more than I ever thought I could or would or should. To tell the world you're forever changed. Our next opportunity for a baptism service is actually on Father's Day, June 20th. On Father's Day, we'll have been on this site for 30 years. It was Father's Day 1991 that we had our first worship service down in the chapel. We've been here for 30 years. Isn't that pretty incredible? 
And we thought, what better way to celebrate on Father's Day, not because it's Father's Day, but more because we're 30 years here. We're going to have one large outdoor service back in, by the hub. We're going to invite all campuses to come together. We're going to have baptisms where we can celebrate the life change that has happened in person after person. We're going to have a chicken barbecue. We're going to eat together. Information on how you can buy those meals will be coming. But we're going to celebrate what the Lord has done in our midst, just like this family did in Scripture. We're going to be baptized and celebrate. Luke's, Luke, Acts 16.34, the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had become to believe in God, he and his whole family. They, in the middle of the night, they start preparing. It's not like they threw something in the microwave and had it two minutes later. They had to work at this. They probably had to go kill some animals and prepare the feast and make the bread from scratch. But the jailer was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. We can learn from this, guys. When we see a life changed, we need to celebrate. When you see somebody go from death from life, somebody whose life was heading in this direction, accept the Lord and they take a new path, that's reason for us to celebrate. We as Christians should be celebrating and partying more than anybody we know because we get to witness and proclaim the goodness of God and that we've seen him work in our world. This should be a lesson for us. When, God's, when God works, when God works, his people celebrate. That should be normal. We should be known for our frequent parties. There's reason to celebrate in the jailer's family. They were all heading towards death and they found life. On Father's Day weekend, when we're in the back parking lot, there's reason to celebrate because so many people have found life here at this place. There's reason to celebrate because we're going to have baptisms and we'll see how the Lord has worked in so many people's lives. If you want to sign up for baptism, you can go to our website. All the information's there. You can follow the links. Sign up because we're, we're excited to baptize as many people who want to be a part of that day as possible. There are some whose hearts have been stirred today. That maybe like the jailer, you're, you're saying and you've identified a hunger in your heart for Jesus. You've been trying so many different things and nothing's worked. And you're saying today is the day this hunger, I'm going to take care of it. You're going to believe in Jesus. Some of you may decide today that you're going to believe in Jesus for the first time and call him Lord and Savior. What a beautiful thing. Some of you may choose to get baptized soon and others, we just need to celebrate. Some will respond like the jailer. There are some who have attended here, whether it be for months or years, who have never taken that step and said, Jesus is Lord and Savior. And today, I hope is the day. There's some who have said that at some point in their lives and decided so many things that have drawn them away from the Lord. How about you put a stake in the ground today and say, no more. I'm going to recommit myself, realign my life with Jesus, and I'm going to follow him with all of who I am. As COVID is gone and so many things look messy, maybe you say, I'm going to follow Jesus with all of who I am. And then for followers of Christ, whether maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time or a short period of time, this is my challenge for you, that you look for others who are hungry. 
You know, we have a responsibility, those of us who love and serve and follow Jesus, to look for people who are hungry, and then like Paul and Silas did, to share our faith with them. To tell them of the goodness of Jesus, how he's made a difference in our lives, and how he can make a difference in theirs. Maybe even as I say that, you're picturing somebody you go to school with or somebody you work with or a neighbor or a family member who you need to share the words of life with. Last night, I was actually laying awake in bed, pretty miserable, because there's a guy I know, a family friend who lives a few doors down, who I've known for a number of years, and he needs to know this because he has cancer. I need to live this out too. And maybe you know somebody just like that, or maybe the story's totally different. But to be Paul and Silas and to share what you know about Jesus with somebody who really needs to know, and then not only share it with that person, but disciple them and help them to grow and to teach them what you know. And then to celebrate as you see these things unfold in their lives. As followers of Christ, that should be one of our greatest joys to tell others about the Jesus whom we love, to help them come from death to life, to figure out there's more to this world than maybe what they see on whatever news channel they watch or what their friends tell them or what they observe wherever they go, but to hear from you that there's hope, there can be healing and grace. We're going to sing one more song. And if you feel the Lord stirring in your heart, if you want somebody to pray with you, as you have said, you want to respond like the jailer and call Jesus Lord and Savior, there will be some of us up front. I know Cable and myself and others will be up here. If you want somebody to pray with you and if you want to tell them what the Lord is doing in your heart, because let me tell you, there's more power when you tell somebody what the Lord's doing as opposed to when you just keep it for yourself. So tell the person who brought you if this is happening in your heart. Tell somebody whom you know and trust or come tell Cable and myself or the others who are up front. We'd love to pray with you and encourage you to help take some steps with you on this new journey of life, of faith, of of experiencing the goodness of God in a whole new way. I'm also going to ask that, um, I'm going to pray for in a moment for those of you who know somebody who needs to know what you know about Jesus, that you would be empowered by the Holy Spirit to tell them. Whatever risks come your way, whatever challenges exist, that you would push those off to the side and do and and, and tell them the words of life. So I'm gonna pray. And then as the band plays the last song, if you'd like us to pray with you, please come forward. The prayer room is open for the first week since all COVID began. This is really a huge deal. The prayer room is open out that door and just up um, to the right, there will be people there who would love to pray with you also. So let me pray. Father, we thank you for this morning and we thank you for this, this opportunity to look into the lives of Paul and Silas and this jailer and his family and how you, how you touched the entire family this one night. How the jailer realized that his life was empty without you. I I wish we could hear his words and how he described it, but I'm assuming he realized that life with, with you was far better than what he was doing on his own. 
And Father, that's been the truth for so many of us who have followed you with our lives. We understand that life with you is so much better. It's so much more fulfilling as we can accept your sacrifice on the cross for us and understand that you are God and that you love us. Lord, I pray for people who call on you and say, Jesus is Lord, as they come forward, that you would, or even if they don't come forward, that you would work in their lives. And Father, I pray for all, all those who know somebody who, who needs to hear what we know about Jesus. Empower us to go speak words of truth and life and love to those individuals. Give us the words to share the goodness and the beauty of what a relationship and a walk with you, a life with you looks like. Help us to be bold. Father, we thank you for this morning. We ask that you would continue the heart of worship that we were engaged with earlier, that we would we would sense your presence and respond accordingly. And we pray in Jesus' name.